Hallelujah. Good evening. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our Bible study and our time of ministry in the Word of God. God is so good. We're so excited to be here. So thankful for all that the Lord has done for us and all that He is still doing. Um, what a blessing. What a blessing. I hope you are just as excited as I am um, to be with us in this Bible study. I I have been looking forward to tonight's service and just the rest of this, um, our series of teachings on everything Holy Spirit. Everything Holy Spirit. Um, as you know, we try to keep it shorter. Um, 40, 45 minutes, and very little revision. So I'm going to dive right into the Word of God. I hope you have your Bibles ready um, or whatever you use in accessing the Word of God. And I hope you have your notes. I'm really excited about this service. Um, let's share a word of prayer together. Father, thank you so very much for Tonight, thank you, God, for your goodness and your mercy to us. Thank you for your faithfulness and everything that you do in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty hands that have been upon us since the beginning of this year. And thank you, God, even for the seasonal changes and everything that's going on in our lives, in our nation, around the world. Lord, we bless you for your people, your precious people, and how you continue to keep them how you continue to bless them and their families. Lord, thank you for your precious word, your promises, and how they never fail. Thank you, Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. We give you all our glory. We give you all our praise. Receive it to yourself tonight, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Welcome and welcome again. Tonight is, today is Pastor Tino's um, birthday, and um, we thank God for you, Pastor Tino. We celebrate you. What a blessing you have been to all of us, and it is our joy, it's our privilege um, to have you in our lives, and I pray the blessings of heaven upon you today. In the name of Jesus, I pray that the Lord will crown your year with his goodness, that the Lord will take you farther than you have ever imagined you would go, that the Lord will crown you with grace and glory, that the virtue of the Holy Spirit will overflow in your life, that he will preserve your life, grant you increase on every side, and fulfill every dream of your heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We love you. God bless you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, everyone who is online with us uh, tonight. And um, thank you for um, allowing us to have this opportunity to share the word of God with you again. Um, everything Holy Spirit. Everything Holy Spirit. All right. Listen. The Holy Spirit is your source our source, my source of divine energy and power. I know that when we um, 
we we that's where we stopped the last time and um i know that the first time um this very sacred revelation um started to filter into my spirit um um i was very reluctant to even talk about it and even tonight as i have re- received um a go ahead from the Holy Spirit received just the grace and the unction to minister a little bit around it, just some of the light that I have on this. I know I've also prayed for you that you would be able to receive, you would have understanding, you would not misconstrue anything that I say, and that the Lord will grant you grace to be able to appropriate the revelation and the reality of that revelation in your own personal life. Can somebody say amen? Here you are, John chapter 20 uh, from, from verse 21. John chapter 20, verse 21. I said this in our last teaching. I'm going to read it to you before I read this scripture right here. Um, there is a place we can arrive at in our close fellowship and walk with the Holy Spirit where he shares his authority an ability with us to remit or retain people's sinfulness or wrongdoings. That authority and ability also enables us to impart and release the life of God to people so they can receive the fullness of life that God has for them. Let's read in John chapter 20. This is so powerful. And again, like I said earlier, I trust that the Holy Spirit will bring a clear revelation to you. Probably will receive a little light, but you would have to chew on this. And and, and I know there might be more people who it's relevant for and others that it's not really relevant to or relevant for at this point in your in your on your journey. But but the Holy Spirit, I trust him, and I've already prayed that. He would, he would put light on this revelation because it is life-transforming. It is life-changing. Let's read this, John chapter 20, verse 21. Then said Jesus to them, again, peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. So the Lord is presenting to us an equality in the same way that the Father sent him. That's exactly how he sent his disciples, and that's exactly how we are sent. That's how we are sent. That's how we are mandated and commissioned, exactly in the same way. The same Holy Spirit that he breathed upon them here is the same Holy Spirit that he's breathed upon us. We don't have an inferior Holy Spirit. We don't have a second grade, second category Holy Spirit. We don't have a downgraded Holy Spirit. We have the same Holy Spirit in our lives. Can somebody say amen? Read here, it says, Then Jesus said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Then listen to verse 23. It says, Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. 
and whosoever sins you retain, they are retained unto them. Now, I want to read this from the Amplified. In the Amplified version of the Bible, it says this, Now, having received the Holy Spirit, and being led and directed by Him, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of anyone, they are retained. So, I want you to listen again to that statement that I made just before reading the scriptures. There is a place we can arrive at in our close fellowship and walk with the Holy Spirit where He shares His authority and ability with us. That means as we continue to walk closely with Him, as we continue to fellowship closely with Him, as we continue to um, to yield to Him more and more and to, to be more and more um, like Him in, 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 in conformity to His will, there is a place that we can arrive at in our walk with Him where the authority of the Holy Spirit and His ability is actually conferred upon us. It says to the extent where if you remit people's sinfulness or wrongdoings, they are remitted. If you retain people's sinfulness or wrongdoings, they are retained. Also, that authority, and this is the more powerful part right here, I, I, and I really love this part because it is so empowering. It is, it is so empowering. That authority and ability of the Holy Spirit that He shares with us also enables us to impart and release the life of God to people so that they can receive the fullness of life that God has for them. So that authority and ability that the Holy Spirit shares with us enables us to impart the life of the Holy Spirit to people. People that God brings across our paths, people that God leads us to, we can impart the life of God to them. We can release the life of God to them as though Jesus himself, as though the Holy Spirit himself is the one imparting that life to them. And, and that, is, that is just so powerful. That is just so powerful. We become conduits and channels of his power, of his presence, uh, not just conduits, not just channels, but we we are in a place where we are partaking of that power and that life that flows from Him ourselves. Ourselves. This this is just so powerful. Now, in the last service, I did say that I threw out a few scriptures, and tonight I want to read some of them again. I'm going to say. Some of these things are so sacred. I'm very careful um, how I talk about it. Um, it. It's very, very important to all of us um, that we are faithful and we are wise stewards of the revelations that the Lord imparts to us. And I can run away with this revelation and make try to make something out of it. But it is very important that we get a glimpse of what is available to us in our fellowship with the Holy Spirit, in our close walk with the Holy Spirit. Now, and in some of these scriptures that, that I gave the last time that I'm going to actually read, and uh, there are about maybe about three different things that I've 
come out of it. And I've actually been uh, just struggled for a few weeks even about some of these things, um, even though I've known that that the Lord wanted me to put them out. But they're just so sacred, so sensitive that it is very important that we have the maturity and the focus to receive it. And with the heart of a shepherd, um, as I point out some of these things, because these are things and areas that affect all of our lives, um, it is extremely important that you hear it right. It is very important that you receive it right. It is very important that you go study it out yourself, check it out yourself, and then grow in that revelation. Uh, so even though these scriptures are helping us see this main point that we have just shared about the authority and the ability of the Holy Spirit that is imparted to us, there are a few things about this. Um, some of these the three, four scriptures here that I'm, I'm going to read to us um, that shed the light of God on certain areas that can either enhance or limit our ability to enjoy closeness with the Holy Spirit. This this is very important. Now, let's go and read Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Let's read Acts chapter 5. This is so crucial. This is so powerful. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. I want you to see how in the closeness of some of these disciples, they walked in the same authority and in the same ability of the Holy Spirit as though the Holy Spirit or as though Jesus himself was the one in the situation in the moment. Look at Acts chapter 5, and let's just read a few verses here. Let's go. Can we go all the way to verse 12? Yeah, we probably can. We, we can run through this in uh, verse 1 to 12 and 16. Let's read this the story, popular story of, of Peter, the apostle Peter, the disciple Peter, and Ananias and Sapphira. All right? and there, there are some powerful things that I want us to see here. Let's read from verse 1. But a certain man, named Ananias with Sapphira his wife sold a possession and they kept back they kept back part of the price well he kept back Ananias so obviously Ananias was really the originator of this he kept back because he says a certain man Ananias with Sapphira his wife so obviously he was the he was the principal he was the primary right in verse 2, he kept back part of the price, his wife also being private to it. Now, this is important. He was the one who made the decision, but his wife was aware of it. And um, <laughs> she could have saved him. She could have objected to what he did. She could have said, honey, this is not the will of God. This is not, this is not God's best. You know, like in our society, many times people will, you know, in the name of, you know, my spouse wants me to do this, my spouse wants me to do that, or my spouse does not want me to do this, or does not want me to do that. And a lot of times, those things people usually say when they really don't want to do those things, because when they really want to do those things, and their spouses say don't do it, you know, you know, heaven and earth, everything is going to fall apart, and they're going to, they're going to have that fight until they have their way. But sometimes, 
when it comes to certain things of the kingdom and certain spiritual things and certain things that work with the principles of godliness and the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes people then make these excuses and, and then use their spouses as like the as a crutch, like, okay, that's the reason I'm doing it. Um, um, but, and I'll read, I'll read this directly to you from my notes because God really does expect iron to sharpen iron. And God expects us to help one another. And that's why the Bible says, you know, if one is down, the other helps him up. Um, if the other is down, the other helps her up. And sometimes that's one of the benefits of, of just um, having that fellowship and, and that partnership where we can sharpen one another, but also where if we, if we see spiritually that one is in error or one is not going in the right way or one is not really getting God's best, the other one shouldn't just go along and say, well, we are one. You know, we, everything we do is one. <laughs> you know, and it's like, no, no. That's why we, we're, we're given to help one another. Like if one is feeling a little down spiritually, the other should say, hey, let's, let's go and open the word and let's pray. If one doesn't feel like praying or what does it feel like serving or one doesn't feel like doing the right thing, the other one shouldn't join them in what they are doing that is not right, that is not God's best, right? The other one should say, hey, come on, let's, let's go. Let's do God's best. Hallelujah. This is so important. Let's, let's read. I'm not going to say uh, too much more here, but I, I do believe that the Holy Spirit has something to impart to you. And as, as we read and as we go along, again, I have just, just 45 minutes, so I have to be very careful with my time here because I have other things to get into tonight. Um, but, but this is so important. And like I said, uh, I just sense very strongly, you know, this is the areas, these are the areas in teaching, in Bible studies and devotions and things like this, where the Lord can pick up on little things in our lives and help us grow in them. So with the heart of compassion of a shepherd, uh, I'm sharing these things and I trust God that you receive them the right way. All right, praise the Lord. All right, here we go. Here we go. It says, and, and Ananias kept back part of the price, his wife also being private to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Verse 3, but Peter said, now listen, it was Peter who was saying, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land? Why has Satan filled your heart? He's a believer. But at this point, Satan had filled his heart. And he was doing something that he knew was contrary to the will of God. And he had had sufficient time to deal with it, but he refused to. And in, in the Amplifier, he says, why, 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 why have you allowed Satan to tempt you? Why, well, let's see. Why, why, why has Satan filled your heart that you should lie to and attempt to deceive the Holy Spirit? Notice, the, the Holy Spirit, you couldn't see him in that gathering. In person, you could see the worshippers, you could see the believers, you could see the disciples, you can see the leaders, you can see Peter. But when Peter spoke, he said, you, you are, you are attempted to deceive the Holy Spirit. 
and then listen to what the rest of it is. says. Well, and and why, has, why have you allowed him to tempt you to keep back part of the price of the land? And again, notice this had to do with money. And money is really one of the most sensitive areas in our Christian walk. Most believers, all of us believers, can attest to the fact that money, money, uh, Jesus, he, he didn't call it, he didn't call money mammon, but he talked about mammon in the Gospels. And mammon is the spirit behind the love of money. Mammon is the spirit behind the love of money, the craving for money, the desire for money, the wrong and, and the, the misappropriation of, of the resources and the blessings that God gives to us in our lives. It is mammon. Mammon is the spirit behind all of that. When you find believers having an undue attachment to money. And, and this isn't just for people who have it. This is also for a lot of people who don't have it. In fact, for many people who don't have it, sometimes that attachment is more because the little they have, they just want to really cling to it and they want to hold on to it. And sometimes they're even willing to do things that are contrary to the will of God, things that are contrary to the mind of God in order to either increase that little that they have or to hold on to it. And that's mammon. That's that spirit. That's that spirit behind the love of money. That is oppression. That's what was happening here. Right? And Ananias and Sapphira, I don't know how much money they had. But apparently they were not that wealthy. Yeah, they did have property. They did have some things. Apparently they were not that wealthy. Because if they were that wealthy, <laughs> they would not have sold their land and then reported a different price. They'll have to beef up what the price of the thing was so that they will get a greater credit for it. And obviously, they were not that wealthy. Uh, but, but, but I want you to see whether you have it or whether you don't have it, whether you have a lot of it or whether you have very little of it. It is the same thing. There's a spirit. And Jesus called that spirit mammon. There's that spirit behind the love of money that creates pride through money, through having it, that creates desperation through not having it, that creates un, unrighteous desire for more of it, and that, that creates a longing to get it one way or the other, to misappropriate it, to use it for your own benefit. That's mammon. And, and I just really want to say, I did say to you that these are very sensitive things and I'm very careful. It's with the heart of a shepherd that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about these things. But my prayer for you is that is that the Lord will will completely give you the upper hand completely over the issues of money. That money will never be. That's my prayer for you. I know for many people there's a struggle out there. And, and this is one of the reasons actually why the Lord will expose a lot of us, um, every one of his children, to times of trial and proving where material resources are concerned, so that we can learn and be trained not to lean on them, not to depend so heavily on them. So my prayer for you is that the Lord will help you break every boundary, break every shackle that mammon may want to bring into your life. Like I've said, the enemy, the devil does this with those who don't have, and he does it with those who have, right? 
and and you see a couple more examples hopefully i have a little bit more time here to to at least um, say a few more things before we close this out tonight but but i want you to i'm saying this because it is it is very important one of the things that competes the most with a believer's ability to enjoy the fullness of the holy spirit in their lives is money is money for a lot of believers, the line has been drawn in the sand without them realizing it. They've drawn these money lines in the sand where in their minds, they start holding on to it. I've seen poor, poor Christians do it and I've seen rich Christians do it. So it's not, it has nothing to do with how much you have. But, but I pray for you that you will be able to break out of it. That the Lord will destroy completely that yoke. He will destroy completely that yoke. Because the authority and the ability of the Holy Spirit. That he wants to share with you. The child of God. So that you can walk in the fullness of the life of God. Can be hindered by your relationship with money. If you have an ungodly relationship with money. If you have an unhealthy relationship with money, you are afraid of not having it, you are afraid of running out of it, you allow that fear or different kinds of fear to determine what you do with it, what you report about it, what you say and what you don't say about it, you are going to be in trouble. You are not going to be able to enjoy God's best. If you allow the thought that the more money I can get, the more money I have, the, 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 the more I can enjoy the goodness of God. And naturally, there may be some fact there, right? The more resources we all have, the more we can do. But, but the Lord doesn't want that money to be a God to us. He doesn't want that money to be an idol to us. Money should not be an idol, right? Whether you are whether you have very little of it or whether you have a lot of it. Money should not be an idol. Money should be something that we freely, you know, we just, is a tool, is an instrument. It's one of the things the Lord gives us so that we can please Him, we can glorify Him on this earth and, and, and we can walk closely, continue to walk closely with the Holy Spirit and enjoy the fullness of God that He has for us. All right, let's, let's read the rest of this story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen now, he says, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not your own? It was yours. It was your own while you had it. And after it was sold, was it not in your power? Yes, it was in your power. You, you sold it. You, you, you have the money. You have the resources. He says, then why have you conceived this thing in your heart. Notice, he said, why have you conceived it in your heart? Where does the Holy Spirit, where is the temple of the Holy Spirit? It's our heart. It's that same heart. And so when the Spirit, that mammon, when that mammon, when it seeks to engage us and occupy a major part of our lives, it wants that same heart. The same heart that is supposed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so what happens ultimately is um, we find out that 
in order to yield to that mammon, to the pressures that money creates in our lives, a lot of times then we have to give up our excellent relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and so many people have made very silly decisions in their lives. You know, they, they've, they've compromised a lot of things because of money. And, and, and many of them have, just like the Bible says about Esau, it was like they've considered this like, oh, I've just got to have it. I've got to have it and I've got to keep it and I've got to hold it and I've got to use it. <laughs> and and many times almost like, like Esau was saying to Jacob, you know, just give me, give me, just take this birthright and give me this porridge because if I don't get this porridge, I'm, I'm going to die. You know, he wasn't going to die. But he was deceived into believing that if he didn't have that porridge right there, right there, right there, right there, he was going to die. No, you know, he was not going to die. And because of that, he gave, he sold his birthright. My prayer for you is that you will not sell your birthright, your spiritual heritage, your godly covenant heritage. You will not give it away and sell it away because of the pressures of mammon. The pressures of money. That's my prayer for you. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. I'm trying so hard that this is not intense. I really don't want it to be that intense. I want it to be easy. But I, I also realize, and that's why it's been a bit of a, it was a bit of a struggle before I eventually yielded to the Lord. And I, I thought, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll just yield to the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I'll teach you a little bit about it. Um, um, it's, it's, it's a very sensitive area. It's a very difficult, I mean, in all of our lives, all of our lives, I mean, once you take, and for some people, it's even money first. It's not, it's money before relationships. For most people who have, who have good sound wisdom, it's relationship first. You know, it's about their loved ones, their families, and, and then it's resources, material resources and things like that. And, and then maybe their career, maybe their ministry, maybe other things they do and all of that. But of course, above all of that should be the relationship that we have with God. Our relationship with God should come above everything else, right? And, and our close walk with the Holy Spirit should supersede our desire for anything, whether it's our family, our resources we need in our lives or anything else, right? So these are the issues of natural nat resources, material resources, money and things are very, very sensitive. These this areas around are very sensitive, I mean, we are all very guarded about, you know, what we have, what we own, and how we want people to know what we have, <laughs> or how we want to share with them what we have, or how we want to use what, I mean, these are very deeply personal things. But that is also why the enemy is able to get in there and use that a lot. He uses that to hurt many believers, like he did with Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira were two Christians. They were two believers. Who knows, they may even have been leaders in the church. <laughs> Who knows, they may even have been pastors. Right? But right here, he said, Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? And you have not lied unto men, he says, but you have lied unto God. Now look at the terrible thing that happened here. And in verse, verse 5, Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear 
came on all them that heard these things. He gave up the ghost. Went too quickly. Too quickly. I hope to heaven. Ultimately, I hope that's where I, I don't know if I I don't know. I hope he had the the time, presence of mind to even repent, <laughs> whatever. But he died too quickly. And what was there? Money was at the root of it. And the other thing I should point out, two, two, two other things I should point out. One, and I'm going to read about his wife, uh, Safira, in just a moment here, yeah, because you're going to see, they were in the same boat, but they didn't have to be. They were in the same boat, but they didn't really have to be. They could have helped one another. One, Somebody could have said, no, let's not do that. That's not, it's not necessary. That's not the will of God. That's not God's best. Let's not do that. So, you know, one of them should have said, no, no, you know what? Yeah, I love you, but, but I don't want, I don't want us to, to, to do this. I'm not going to follow you and do this, right? I'm in your life to sharpen you. Iron sharpens iron. I'm in your life to strengthen you. I'm in your life to elevate you, to, to, to edify you. I'm not in your life just to for us to be playing along just because I know there are certain benefits that might come to me as well. Of course, there were certain benefits that came to Safira as well. Certain benefits that came to Ananias because, you know, they, they had joint account. And, you know, the money, you know, whatever the, whatever the, whatever the extra they had, they used it together. But, but one of them should have had spiritual sense to have said, no, 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 let's not, because... Our walk, our close fellowship with the Holy Spirit, nothing on this earth, nothing, nothing on this earth must have sufficient power to compete with it. Nothing. Not anything we desire, not anything we own, not anything we long for, not any relationship, no, nothing, not a job, not a not aspirin, nothing. And so whenever you find comprom compromises beginning to come based on certain things you want to do that you know is contrary, are contrary to the will of God for you, or may actually make you outright disobey God, disobey instructions that you know are clear in the word of God, you've got to draw the line in the sand and say, I'm not doing that. Holy Spirit is number one. God is number one. My work and my fellowship with the Holy Spirit is the most important thing to me. And nothing, nothing must jeopardize that. That's a place where all of us must be. So you, so you see there was the whole money thing. Then there's the whole thing about really one of them should have spoken up and refused to go along so that iron can sharpen iron. Not just say, well, my spouse wants me to do that. No. We, 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 you know, we, we do it together. We, we are out of the will of God together. No, there's, you shouldn't be. Amen. We get, we get less than God's best together. No, you should not. <laughs> you know, after many years of shepherding God's people, I've seen so many different situations in, in, you know, so my husband just doesn't want me to do that. My, my wife is that, did it there. And if people say all these things, and then they come back to, you know, what God has joined together, let no man put us under well yeah there's no no man is putting us under but you know what you you better put something asunder if if what you are joined with is 
is is headed in a direction that is not um in line with God's best. <laughs> you've had you've had spouses, you know, oh yeah, I, I just can't do that because my my wife or my husband. Or, no, 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 no. You know, you, the, the one who is standing, the Bible, you know, there's a scripture that says, you know, um if there's a believer and an unbeliever in 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 a union, even though that's really not God's best, but if they found themselves there in that union, and maybe they were already there before they discovered what the all the best will of God, the the, the best will of God was for their lives. Well, then he says the 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 believer can actually save the unbeliever in that relationship. The believing wife can save the unbelieving husband. The believing husband can save the unbelieving. Why, why, why did the Bible say that? Why did, why did Paul say that in Corinthians? Why did he say that? It's because the one who is closer to the Lord should set the pace and should bring in the godliness of God into that relationship should bring in the things of God, the best of God that they have and that they know into that relationship so they can help their spouses. <laughs> so they can help their, so somehow the other, they can, they can pull them along. No, the spouse who is out there, who is just, yeah, goes to church, but it's not really, it doesn't really, it's not, you know, really close to the Lord, not close to the things of the Spirit of God, uh, not really seeking God's best for their lives. That person should not be determining, should not be determining, should not be in uh, the driver's seat of that, of that relationship. Amen. And that's not putting us under. That is just, that simple sound, spiritual common sense like safira should have said no we're not i'm not going to hell with you <laughs> i'm not going listen let's let's change course and i pray let's change and let's show them pray for them pray intercede and fast and show no we have to change course and if ultimately they decide they're going to do that they're going to go in that they're, oh sorry okay i'm not going i'm not going to hell with you i'm not going to hell with you I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do God's best. And if what you are going to do is what you have decided you want to do, you want to continue to do what you're doing, all right, bye. Bye, see you. (laughs) Amen. Hopefully that's not what happens. Hopefully what happens is the other person says, no, well, no, I'm not, I'm not, if she's not coming, if she's not doing that, then I'm not doing it. Or if, if he's not going to do it with me, then I'm not doing it. That's the way God ordained it. So that's very important. But the other thing that's also very important is, is just our relationship with material things, money. That's so important. Such an important part of our lives. The fact that we have more money doesn't make us more spiritual. And the other scriptures I was going to read, um, <laughs> well, you know, there's this guy, Simon, uh, who was going to, um, he saw, my time is almost up here. He saw, uh, you know, when there was this revival in Samaria and Philip was, you know, ministering, the Holy Spirit was falling on people and people were receiving miracles and things. And Simon, this man who had presented himself as a prophet, uh, this is in, is in um, Acts chapter 8 from verse 14 to 24, if you want to go read that. Um, uh, that's a very powerful piece of scripture. 
um, you know, he saw that, and then he, you know, he, he, he had money, but he didn't have all of that Holy Spirit gift and power. He came to the apostles and said, I'll pay you anything, just give me this same power. And, and it's very important. It's, again, that's a money problem. You see that again? That's a money problem. But this time, it's not having the sense to be able to discern that the gifts and the appointments and assignments of the Holy Spirit cannot be purchased by natural things, not by influence, not by money, not by clout, not by positioning. <laughs> Somebody was telling me recently, not too long ago actually, was sharing with me how, you know, um, a lot of us pastors, um, maybe because, you know, we, we, we see and we're saying in this particular church, we're sharing this and, and, and we're saying, you know, um, it broke his heart when he saw it and all about it. But of course, I was aware um, that's something that natural people do. You know, you know, they look for people that have means. People who give more, <laughs> who tithe more, who give a lot. And then they give them high positions. Give them high positions so that, you know, they can... And some of them, they even make like leaders and pastors and things like that. So that they can, you know, they can get more. Can continue to get more. In this particular situation, it, it was such a horrible situation that it created a wreck. I, I, across the entire ministry. This is one of the reasons why pastors pay, play politics. Some pastors play politics in the pulpit. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people are driven by natural influence and clout and all of these things. And um, Simon was going to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit because he thought he had the resources to do it. And he did not have enough spiritual sense to decipher no the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit cannot be purchased by physical things. There is a spiritual price to pay for the gifts and the assignments and the appointments of the Holy Spirit. All of us have been there. You know, how many times have I personally thought to myself, oh, if I do more for the Lord, I can look back and say, oh, I'm doing more for the Lord. I'm giving more. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, the Lord... The Lord probably favors me more because I'm giving more, I'm doing more. And, and then the Lord will say, son, no, ah, no, there's no austerity, there's no recession in heaven. <laughs> it's not, I'm, not, I'm not giving gifts because people are paying me money for it. Ah, ah, no, 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 no. But a lot of believers, again, don't have that understanding. Again, it is a money issue. It is a money issue. And, and, and what I've tried to do tonight, my time is almost, is almost up and I know I've got to close, um, is, is, to uh, put a little light on this. Of course, you know, in the story of Ananias and Sapphira, you would have thought, oh, maybe Sapphira had time because she actually came late to that service. I don't know why she came late, but she came three hours late, right? You thought she'd had enough time. The Holy Spirit would have been dealing with her through all that time. And she would have said, you know what? Whatever happens, I, I don't want to continue with this plan. But that didn't happen. She, she, she kept going with it. Uh, and and I just want to sound that alarm to us um, using the example of money. Anything that competes with the place of God and the place of our relationship and close fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we must, we must put aside in our lives. The Lord must be number one. He must be number one. We must not put on this spiritual, this natural cap. 
and think the more money we have, the more spiritual we are. No, no, no. The fact that we have more money doesn't suddenly make us more spiritual than we were before we had that money. <laughs> no, there's a spiritual price to pay for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me let me close this out here uh, for the three minutes. Let's close this out and read about Sapphira because I think that she had a longer time she could have made a change. She could have done something different. But unfortunately, her heart was taken over and she fell into the same trap. And this tragedy that happened in this family could really have been averted if they had just put on the mind of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Let's, let's read the rest of this scripture here. And Ananias, Ananias, verse 5, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. Verse 7. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered and said unto her, verse 8, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. He asked, asked her directly. Her husband is dead now. She doesn't know. He's asking her directly. Now she looked around the room. She couldn't find him. She couldn't see him. So maybe he went to the restroom. She had something in that period that said, No, 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 just pull back from that plan. But she did not. She continued on in that deception. And she said, Yes, we sold it for so much. Mm, verse 9. And Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them that have buried your husband are at the door, and they'll carry you out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carried her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we were there, we would have been afraid too. <laughs> And, and upon as many as heard these things. But I, I want you to see how that, how that passage concludes in verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Just in the same way <laughs> that the authority and the ability of the Holy Spirit that was operating in Peter's life... Um, um, created a, a, a situation of judgment in Ananias and Sapphira, in that same way, that authority on the ability of the Holy Spirit imparted life to the people that were around their community. And my prayer for all of us tonight as we close this service is that our walk with the Holy Spirit will become so close we would not allow anything anything at all to compete with that closeness and that intimacy and that the authority and the ability of God and the authority and the ability of the Holy Spirit will be evidently manifest in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's go ahead and bless the Lord. Father, we, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. As we close, I want you to just look in your heart just just do a quick just do a quick walk just do a quick search in there are there things you think are competing with your relationship with god with your intimacy with god just right now just quickly get rid of those things just put them out in the name of jesus father we yield ourselves to you we commit ourselves completely to you tonight in the name of jesus we declare you are our number 1 
We declare you are our priority. We will seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. We trust you, Father, that you are faithful and you fulfill every word that you've spoken to us. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. Lord, we consecrate ourselves to you tonight. We yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, precious Holy Spirit, breathe upon us again and again and again. Have your way in our lives. Be thou glorified. Be thou glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen and amen.